Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. We have just started season five with over 2,000 videos which have been viewed and heard around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Rhode Island, uh, USA, Dr. Bob Emiliani. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Emiliani is a leadership analyst and a multi-book author. He's an engineer, researcher, author, historian of progressive management, teacher, education, reformer, and executive coach. He's an author or co-author of 27 books, and with a career like that, understandably, he's been recognized, felicitated, and awarded several times. So, uh, Bob, before we talk about lean management, tell me about your own amazing journey in brief. Sure. Um, it began with uh, training in Toyota production system by Shingojutsu Kaizen Consultants uh, when I worked for an aerospace company in the mid-1990s. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from them was a complete revelation. It, it showed how our highly educated and experienced workforce created the most difficult ways uh, to do the work, mm -hmm. you know, with long lead time, high cost, poor quality, low levels of worker engagement, and so, so forth, uh, you know, in terms of ideas and creativity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people just did things the way they had always been done, and they were stuck with the same old preconceptions on how to think and how to do the work. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Kaizen experiences just, just broke through all those barriers, and it was completely enlightening. And so I've been on this pathway ever since then. Wow. wow. So let's now move and talk about lean management. What made you become interested in the subject of lean management that now you are quite an expert in the subject? Well, the, the many dimensions of, of lean management, uh, just from the leadership dimension to what's going on in the shop and office floor and how this all integrates together to produce a, a management system that uh, is markedly different and contrasts with the conventional way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And so within the framework of lean management, people have the opportunities to pursue their ideas mm. in ways that don't exist under classical management. And so when people recognize problems, they are then uh, empowered to uh, think of ways to eliminate those problems, to improve the processes, uh, to come up with creative ideas to, um, to improve the overall uh, work environment. Mm. Mm. And what would you describe as the core principles of lean management for those who are not familiar with the concept? Yeah, the core principles are continuous improvement, uh, also Kaizen, called Kaizen, and respect for people. Mm -hmm. And that means uh, recognizing problems that inhibit the flow of material and information. Mm -hmm. And after you recognize that those problems exist, then you come up with new ideas to try to eliminate those problems, try them out, experiment, um, try out, you know, come up with lots of new ideas and try them out. Usually mm -hmm. in classical management, you come up with lots of ideas, but you down select to one idea to try out. Mm -hmm. And in lean management, we come up with lots of ideas and try them all out mm -hmm. and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we respect people for their, their diverse experience and knowledge and ideas. And of course, all within the framework of teamwork. Mm -hmm. And what would you say are some of the most common challenges organizations uh, face when trying to adopt lean management practices? 
uh, they, they usually focus on um, the tools of continuous improvement mm. and they ignore uh, the respect for people principle, which is really what makes lean work. I mean, it is, it is respecting people as the basis for coming up with ideas and trying things out mm. and to removing the you know, famous uh, fear of failure that exists in most organizations. Mm. But unfortunately, respect for people is often ignored uh, because it, it just upsets the, the social, political, and economic status quo in, organization, mm. in organizations. So uh, the difficulty with lean management, it kind of impinges upon the leader's status and, and their, their rights and privileges. And so, you know, leaders are not very interested in that. And so we have for a long time have a had a difficulty in moving lean management forward for those and other reasons. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And, you know, I, was, I don't know enough about lean management, but I was reading about it while preparing for your my conversation with you. I want to check with you that lean management seems to be a big success in, man, in manufacturing, but how do these principles apply to other industries such as healthcare, education, or software development? Well, it, it applies uh, widely and much more widely than people realize, because if we think about it in this way, all work is made up of processes mm. and all processes have customers and suppliers. Mm. And this, of course, is internal to a company as well as external. Um, all processing consists of value added work, mm -hmm. non-value added but necessary work, mm. and all processes contain waste as well as unevenness and unreasonableness. Mm. So fundamentally, lean management works wherever information is processed and exchanged. Mm -hmm. And it applies to both creative work and repetitive work. And mm. of course, it, it, most people can more easily grasp how it applies to repetitive work, but it also applies to creative work. Correct. So consequently, lean management applies to all processes in any organization or industry um, and that, that includes the work of supervisors, managers, and executives as well. Hmm. And what would you say is the importance of leadership when it comes to a successful implementation of lean management? Yeah, leadership, leadership team engagement is fundamental. You know, the transition from classical management, which is the old way of doing things, mm -hmm. to lean management, which is a progressive new way of doing things, requires many things to change mm -hmm. and leaders must lead those many changes without leadership those many things that need to change just mm. will, will not occur mm. and so their their involvement their engagement and especially their participation mm. is very important and and i say participation because leaders benefit from participating in, in kaizen and then they can take those ideas and apply it to their own work as executives of the, of the mm. corporation. And uh, what would you say are some of the characteristics leaders must possess to drive the necessary cultural change toward move towards lean management? Uh, they must have a willingness to learn new things mm -hmm. and not just within the framework of what they already know about. Mm. And that's one of the critical junctures, critical transitions that must occur. Because if we, if, if any leader just, you know, they say they're interested in learning new things, but if it's within the framework of the old way of doing things, that doesn't really get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. You have to be interested in learning new things within a different framework, one that's unfamiliar to you, 
one that has a lot more potential to deliver the kind of uh, results across the business that most leaders seek. Right. And so, uh, so with that uh, would obviously come some levels of, or some forms and levels of humility in order to open up one's mind to new possibilities. Mm. Very interesting. There's also talk about respect for people uh, as a principle in lean management. Help me understand what this means and uh, how it contributes to overall success. And if possible, give me an example. Yep. So respect for people is, is, is a fundamental principle, fundamental to the successful practice of lean management. Mm -hmm. Without it, people won't share their ideas for improvement. They won't experiment. They won't try new things. Mm. And of course, we know in, a, in an organization how they're typically managed, People fear of failure, they fear uh, making a mistake and so forth. And when that happens, people get blamed. And blaming people for problems goes way back in time to the, the pharaohs, you know, mm -hmm. a, a consistent theme in, of humanity, probably since the, um, the Neolithic revolution is to blame mm -hmm. people for, for problems. So if we, we keep doing that, and we shouldn't, but haven't gotten any smarter over 5,000 years when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. But we have to instead have a different viewpoint and a different attitude mm -hmm. that uh, to allow people to recognize problems and then to find ways to improve the situation. So the principle and, and similar renditions over time, because lean fundamentally is a form of progressive management and there's been earlier forms of this in earlier times, mm -hmm. but there's similar ideas about uh, respect for people. And these are learned through experience by the various pioneers of progressive management, beginning with Fre Frederick Taylor in our in modern times. And he referred to it as betterment and cooperation. Mm. In Lean, we refer to it as continuous improvement and respect for people. Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman in the UK automotive industry in the 1920s, Frank Woolard, and he, he uh, his in his management system talked about continuous improvement and benefit for all. Mm. And then, of course, with Toyota and, and, and Lean, it's referred to as continuous improvement and respect for people. So ignoring respect for people, as unfortunately most leaders do, mm. you know, assures the continuation of the old way of doing things, classical management. It assures continuation of the status quo, mm. despite clear need for changes in management thinking and practice. And I think mm. we're starting to realize those clear needs exist, mm. have existed for a while, and it's becoming more present as, mm. uh, pressing as time passes. Mm. Well said. Thank you. Great response. My next question to you, Bob, is that while, you know, practices like lean management may be good for very, very large organizations, how can small and medium enterprises or startups benefit from implementing lean management principles, even though they have very limited budgets? Yep. So lean management originally uh, started out and progressive management generally has always started out in smaller businesses. Mm. So it was started out as a way uh, to lead and manage an organization differently in order to compete with larger businesses. Mm -hmm. So it is eminently suited for uh, small businesses and startup businesses. Of mm -hmm. course, now those businesses are resource constrained. Mm -hmm. So lean would help them better utilize resources of all types, which, you know, time, material, energy, space, equipment, money, people, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And they would tap into an unlimited resource, which is the idea and creativities of all, creativity of all employees. And that's really what Kaizen brings out in people. Most people right. think they're not very creative, but Kaizen brings that out in them. So it's really not a, a budget thing as much as it is. It's a, you know, it's a mindset, it's an attitude, it's a shift in way of thinking from the old way of doing things to mm -hmm. you know, 
Kaizen way of doing things. Interesting. And <clears throat> over the years, and you've been working on this for a long time, how have you seen the principles of lean management evolve over the years? And what do you see as the future of uh, lean management? Well, the principles, they, ha they have evolved um, from what Taylor talked about, betterment and cooperation, and Frank Wohler talked about continuous improvement and benefit for all, and where we are today with continuous improvement and respect for people. Mm -hmm. The next iteration, I think, is going to be something like Kaizen and respect for planet. Because if we don't have a, a planet, we have no people, we have no business. Right. And so we really need to start to think about um, respecting the planet and not making it a, a you know a garbage dump and so mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to Im improve our uh, harmony with uh, with nature in terms of our uh, lives and our, especially our economic activities. Mm -hmm. And Bob, do you see any impact of this major technological revolution that's taking place with artificial intelligence and chat GPT? Do you see any impact on the way lean management principles are being implemented in organizations? Well, I guess first I'd like to say that one of the, you know, throughout um, history, leaders are always interested in new technologies and have much lower levels of interest or no interest in new ways of leading and managing. Mm. And what I would like to see happen is for people to gain an appreciation that it's not just technology alone that's going to solve our problems. Mm. It's new ways of thinking about leadership and management plus technology, mm. the combination of the two that are going to be um, uh, you know, important for solving the problems that we face today and in the future. Mm. So it, it's both. It's, it, it's, it's technology plus um, new ways of leading and managing. In the in the within the framework of lean management. Mm -hmm. uh, my next question is that: What are the visible and not so visible hallmarks of fake lean versus real lean? So, um, twenty five years ago, I, I defined this term real lean and fake lean, and I mm -hmm. defined real lean as continuous improvement and respect for people, mm -hmm. and fake lean as continuous improvement only. And if you look at the history again of progressive management, you always see something like respect for people there. Mm -hmm. uh, so in recent times, the term fake lean has become used as incorrectly as a pejorative term, meaning you know it's, it expresses a contempt mm -hmm. or disapproval for how lean is being practiced. But I, I didn't de define it that way, and it unfortunately has been used that way. Mm -hmm. It was merely to point out the contrast between using both principles compared to using only one principle. Mm -hmm. So the visible artifacts for 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 um, uh, fake lean are uh, you know no evidence of kaizen no material and information flow, uh, layoffs when there's productivity improvements, continuing to squeeze supplier on prices and so forth. Pretty much a continuation of the old way of doing things mm -hmm. with the addition of some uh, few lean tools for you know, general problem solving within that framework of the old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But there are invisible, those are visible artifacts. The invisible artifacts are stagnant wages, uh, things like... Um, um, poor employee engagement, low morale, mm -hmm. just little energy and enthusiasm for work. There isn't the spirit of improvement. There isn't the, the willingness to experiment. Continuation of fear, fear of failure. Uh, you know, check the box, compliance. Boss says, do this. We did it. Check the box. You know, we didn't really think too hard about it. We just give the appearance of having done it and so on. Amazing. Amazing. And what would you say is the role of 
continuous improvement in lean management? And how can organizations create a lean culture? It is to always be thinking about how the work can be improved, never being satisfied that, you know, the way, you know, we're successful, we're profitable, the annual report reads really nicely. It's not that. It's always thinking about uh, what can be improved because circumstances are changing every day. Mm. You know, tomorrow will be different from today. What looks good today, tomorrow will end up being a problem or there'll be some external or internal change mm. that, you know, perturbates a system that says uh, what looked good yesterday, today is a, is a major problem and we need to address it and do it in a timely manner. That's a big thing about lean management is not delaying to recognize or correct a problem. And in the old way of doing it, classical management, there's almost always a long delay in recognizing the problem and then a very bureaucratic way of correcting the problem that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. So always thinking about how the work can be improved uh, every day. And, and of course, the most effective way to create it, you know, the so-called lean culture is by everyone participating in, in a particular form of Kaizen, Toyota-style Kaizen, starting with the CEO and mm -hmm. recognizing that's a lot of fun, Kaizen, and to participate in Kaizen, and you'll have a great time participating in it. Correct. Correct. Well said. So one more question on lean management, then a question of on your books after that. What okay. are some of the misconceptions about lean management? Ah. There's, uh, uh, there's a ridiculous number of misconceptions that are associated with this. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where do we start? Um, people think it's a manufacturing thing. People think it's a cost reduction thing. People think it's, um, uh, um, you know, just something that addresses the basic business fundamentals, but it's more than that. And it, it addresses the people aspects of an organization and to, continuously develop people's thinking and capabilities for mm -hmm. problem solving and so mm -hmm. forth. That's so it. the misconceptions really narrow and limit the, the scope and focus of lean management. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Uh, my next question is on, on your books. What inspired you to write your books on lean management and leadership? Mm -hmm. And what do you hope readers will take away from your books? Uh, okay. It started with, a, you know, just a deep sense of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, a desire to and, and a desire to be creative, um, the motivation to produce unique work. So one of the hallmarks of my work is that I, you know, even with the first book twenty years ago, was to to write about things that other people are not writing about. Mm. And so that to me has always been key because why bother writing? Mm. And the books uh, stem from prior work that I had done in writing research paper and doing academic work where you're breaking new ground and writing about new things. Mm -hmm. um, so it was those things, curiosity, creativity, uniqueness. Uh, then also I wanted to share what I've learned based upon a, a rather unique combination that I have of real world industry experience where I was responsible for mm -hmm. um, leading engineering uh, and then later manufacturing and then subsequent to that supply chain management groups, mm -hmm. as well as my um, um, uh, experience on the shop floor and office floor with, uh, with Kaizen and applying those principles and practices as a leader. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share all that. And um, I would say, you know, there's so much um, to write about. There has been in the past, there continues to be. And it's just an incredibly interesting um, subject area. And my last question to you, Bob, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversations. 
what would you say based on your deep understanding of lean management uh, what would you say are three lessons you would want individuals or organizations that are just starting off on the lean management uh, journey uh, okay so um, people often say that lean management is common sense mm. it, it's not mm. if it were Classical management, the old way of doing things, would not still be ubiquitous. I mean, this has been around for hundreds of years, the old way of doing things. The goal of lean management is the continuous flow of material and information. That's a goal. And so you problem solve your way towards that goal. Mm -hmm. Most organizations never get close to that goal because they remain committed. At all levels, people Mm -hmm. have preconceptions and the preconceptions associated with classical management and old way of doing things. And of course, they exclude the respect for people principle, Mm. which is the foundation upon which people are empowered to come up with ideas and try them out and to fail, not get blamed for failure and try again. And the third thing is uh, lean organizations almost always revert to classical management when there are changes in leadership and changes in ownership. Mm. So leaders have to guard against uh, reversion to classical management as they undergo these changes at various points in their history. Mm. Very interesting. And on that note, uh, your amazing lessons, lean management is not it's, it's not just simple common sense. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Second, yep. the goal is continuous learning. And third, you said well, lean organizations tend to revert to classical management when a significant change in the life of the organization takes place and therefore leaders should guard against that. Thank yep. you, Bob, for speaking to me about your amazing journey. Thank you for talking to me about so many different aspects of lean management. I think I learned many, many new things from you about lean management and Kaizen today. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.